Hey everyone, welcome back to The Haunted Corner. I'm Ashton, and today I'm going to weave you a tale about a very interesting and spooky place. It's called Preston Castle, also known as Preston School of Industry. Being one of the oldest reform schools in the United States, it's got quite the history. Let's get into it. In 1890, 230 acres of land were purchased in the Sierra foothills of California from the Iona Coal and Iron Company for $30 per acre. Another 100 acres were donated with the purpose of housing the Preston School of Industry. State legislature had ordered construction of the building to serve as a juvenile rehabilitation and correctional facility to house mainly boys between the ages of 12 and 24. The goal was to reform and rehabilitate the struggling youth rather than just imprison them, which was pretty progressive for the time. Construction began immediately on the administrative building, which became known as Preston Castle. The cornerstone of the school was laid on December 23, 1890, with 2,500 people in attendance. The bricks used in the administrative building were made at Folsom Prison and San Quentin Prison and transported by train. Folsom and San Quentin Prisons are where the youths were housed before the Preston School of Industry opened. The original plans for the school showed 77 rooms spread across five floors spanning close to 50,000 square feet. Gargoyles stood guard on the exterior, which was designed in the Romanesque Revival architectural style. The building is gorgeous. I will include lots of pictures on the blog for you to check out. The first floor would house a reception area, a sitting room, a butler's pantry, and a dining room bathrooms, a physician office, a pharmacy, and several other offices. The second floor had a reading room along with a library, which included 7,000 books, 12 apartments, a classroom, a dormitory, locker room, a laundry room, and more bathrooms. (laughs) There was a mezzanine level that had two more bathrooms with three tubs. The third and Fourth floor weren't finished, but were designed to contain several more rooms. The basement was another busy area, including a playroom, a large bathroom for the boys, the kitchen, the pantry, the furnace room, and fuel storage room. There was also a bakery located in the basement annex. The building featured no less than 43 fireplaces and 257 windows overlooking the foothills. The first seven wards were accepted at the Preston School of Industry on June 13th of 1894. They were transferred from San Quentin Prison, and the school was officially declared open on July 1st of 1894. In 1895, a water wheel called a Pelton Wheel was installed to provide electricity to the school. When the school was at its peak, it encompassed more than 1,000 acres. 750 of which were farmland, and it included 50 buildings. It housed 800 wards and had a staff of 200 employees. Now let's talk about the wards. Some of these young boys had committed crimes such as burglary, theft, arson, and even murder, which had landed them at the school. Others had been abandoned and had nowhere else to go, so they were sent to the Preston School of Industry. So there was a mixture of violent and nonviolent offenders. While there, the boys would spend half the day in school and the other half was spent learning a trade. 
because of the high acreage of land and how self-sufficient the school was, the boys were allowed to grow their own food, raise livestock, and learn other farming trades. They also had the option to work in the print shop, the bakery shop, or the cobbler shop to learn skills that would help them in the real world. In the cobbler shop, the boys made shoes that the other youths would wear while attending school at Preston, but they'd also make shoes that they would wear when they were finally able to leave and begin their new lives outside the school. The boys also received some military training while attending the school. There was a band and orchestra as well as athletic and drill teams that the young men could join. Band concerts were held every morning. There was an assembly hall where the boys would gather to watch movies a few times per month. Outside speakers would sometimes come in and speak to the boys, and volunteer church services were held weekly. Some well-known wards who spent time at the Preston School of Industry include Merle Haggard, Eddie Anderson, Rory Calhoun, Don Jordan, Joseph Paul Kretzer, and Eddie Bunker. Names of the boys that were held at the school are still scratched into the bricks inside the building. Athletics were a big part of reform culture at the school. There was an athletic director on staff, and the Preston teams would compete with outside schools. And they were pretty proud of the fact that only one boy escaped on a trip to an athletic event outside the school. According to an article from 1925 in the San Francisco Bulletin, the superintendent claimed that although most boys planned on running away from the school at the time of their arrival, nearly 100% decided to stay after they arrived. The boys seemed to enjoy their time at the school, but was that truly the case? Many believe otherwise. Reports of mistreatment at the school came about really early on and continued to be present throughout its history. Reports of harsh punishment and loss of privileges were prevalent, but starvation, isolation, and paddling were also common punishments for the youths who didn't remain in line. With 26 suspicious deaths occurring on the property throughout time and two murders, things were clearly not as great as the school tried to portray. In 1950, the head housekeeper, Anna Corbin, was attending to her duties in the basement when she was bludgeoned to death by an unknown assailant. She was found with a cord around her neck, lying in a pool of blood. She was 52 years old at the time. Immediately, the investigation turned to the wards of the school, of course. But who could have done this? Three of the wards were initially eyed as suspects, including a 19-year-old named Eugene Monroe, Although Eugene steadfastly stood by his innocence, blood-stained clothing believed to belong to Eugene were found in his locker, and witnesses claimed to see him in incriminating locations on the day of Anna's murder. He was arrested and charged and eventually tried three times for the murder. There was a hung jury in the first two trials, and Eugene was acquitted in the third trial. Many people believe he did murder, murder Anna, despite his acquittal, but he still claimed that he was innocent. And one year after he was paroled, Eugene confessed to raping and murdering another woman. Anna Corbin's murder remains unsolved to this day. In 1965, the agricultural teacher asked two of the boys to stay after class to help weld a trailer hitch, and when he bent down and began to weld it, they beat him over the back of the head with a pipe, killing him. 
On another occasion, two of the wards, Samuel Goines and Joe Lopez, attempted to escape from Preston. Samuel Goines was shot and killed during the escape attempt. Joe Lopez, while unharmed during this event, died shortly after under suspicious circumstances. The two are buried next to each other in the cemetery located on the property. Also buried in the cemetery are the unclaimed bodies of 21 other wards who died on the property and whose bodies were never claimed by their families. Some died from tuberculosis, which spread through the school, along with the flu epidemic of 1918, which affected nearly half of the staff and a third of the boys. Other deaths were unexplained. Many believe that the employees caused some of these deaths, while others claimed there the, that there was violence between the boys at the school. During one year, there was a reported two incidents of violence per day, 369 reported fights, 312 reported assaults, with 27 staff members being attacked by the wards. Reports of mistreatment at the school got so bad that a probe into the treatment of the boys was demanded in 1945. This came to a head when three boys were found being held in an unheated cell. Two of the boys were naked and one was wearing shorts. The school was eventually closed in 1960 and sat abandoned for a few decades. In September of 2001, the Preston Castle Foundation received a 50-year lease for the property and obtained ownership in 2014. The Preston Castle has also been named a California State Historical Landmark and is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. The foundation hosts tours of the property for those who are interested. And if you've ever been to the property, I'd love to hear about it. So let's talk about the hauntings. Some of the more popular locations to experience paranormal activity include the basement, the infirmary, and Anna Corbin's room. In Anna's room, people have experienced partial possessions or channelings. Unexplained noises, including the sound of a chainsaw and a little girl crying, have also been heard in this room as well. Why is it always a child crying and people being possessed in the room? Absolutely not. Some have reported seeing the spirit believed to belong to Anna Corbin in the basement. And if you're a Ghost Adventures fan like myself, you'll remember the episode in which they investigated Preston Castle. Zach Bagans experienced some kind of possession, possibly the spirit of Anna Corbin. Who knows? That episode scared me. To death when I first watched it. Season two, episode one, for those who are interested. A former housekeeper even asked to be reassigned after reportedly coming into contact with a spirit they believed was that of Anna Corbin as well. The spirit of Samuel Goines is reported to be one of the angry spirits who still lingers around the property. Samuel was the boy who attempted to escape from the school and was shot in the process. His body was never claimed by his family, and many believe that this is the reason his spirit is so unsettled. It's possible that the spirits of any one of the 23 boys who died at the school still could be trapped within the walls because of the way they died or possibly the fact that, like Samuel Goines, their bodies were never claimed and put to rest by their families, just simply discarded under a nondescript headstone. With a history filled with violence and death, including many suspicious deaths, the energy in the building alone is enough to send chills down your spine. 
but the sound of doors slamming and objects falling in the distance, along with whispers from seemingly nowhere and the touch of someone who isn't there, is enough to make anyone who enters Preston Castle believe that they are not alone. And that is the story of Preston Castle, also known as the Preston School of Industry. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. The sources for today's episode will be listed on the blog post for the episode at www.thehauntedcorner.com. That will be linked to in the show notes. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcast with new episodes dropping every week. If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to share your support and get a bonus episode every week, head over to Patreon. You'll have access to the exclusive Patreon-only episodes, early and ad-free access to episodes, plus a ton more. Head over to patreon.com forward slash The Haunted Corner to join now. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to tell a friend and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps the pod. If you have a case suggestion or a correction to share, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Mm-hmm.